The 2022 Twins are no longer in playoff contention, unofficially no longer in playoff contention. What happened and what has happened so far in Cleveland to lead to this result? So much coming up on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. It is Sunday, September 18th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every single day. Again, this is Nash Walker. been hosting this podcast on a daily basis for three seasons and uh, almost concluding my third season as host. I've been writing about the Twins at TwinsDaily.com for four seasons. And unofficially, but officially, the 2022 Twins are out of playoff contention. We knew coming into this weekend they needed to win at least four out of five, uh, at the very minimum win the series to even stay alive with a pulse. And uh, they're they're going to lose this series. They lost the first three, and uh, they did win. Joe Ryan was excellent Sunday. They shut out the Guardians on Sunday. It is too little too late. It would be great to see them win again Monday. It would be great to see them win every game down the stretch, not for this year as much as just to finish on a good note for, for what that's worth. I mean, that's all we have at this point. Uh, Joe was excellent on Sunday. Bailey Ober returned Friday. We'll discuss those returns, what that means for the Twins, and, and their, their quest in this offseason. We do have some questions about injuries. Why so many injuries? You know, the base running gaffes. Why injuries aren't the only answer? I'm going to get to that and why it's a more nuanced answer to why this season fell apart. And then what's the status of this front office? This is year six. Like, what's the status after a long offseason of me saying over and over, this year will dictate a lot of their regime. This this season is indicative of how we're going to view them, you know, in the big picture. And they're not done, you know, as, as far as I know, they're not done. This is year six. And we're going to be going into year seven. What do the Twins have to show? No playoff wins. Like, that's significant to me. So what's the status of, of this front office? Let's start with the positives. Bailey Ober returned was absolutely awesome. In Friday night's game, he was great. And I said, when he, when I knew he was coming back, don't sleep on Bailey Ober. Like, he's a solid mid-rotation starter. He, when he's healthy last year, especially his last 10 to 15 starts for the Twins, he was awesome. And he was one of the brightest spots of the 2021 Twins. It's not saying a ton, but he was one of the brightest spots of the 2021 Twins. And I was, you know, counting on him this year to be a mid-rotation starter, to be the Twins' third best starter going into opening day. I don't like that. I mean, maybe you could have, maybe Chris Paddock was, but I expected him to be a solid mid rotation starter. He does have a long track record of injuries um, in the minors and missed a lot of this season, which sucks. But when he's pitched, he's been solid and he's been, you know, in his major league career now, a solid major league starter, a solid mid rotation starter. I feel the same way. I don't know how you feel, but I feel the same way about. Bailey Ober as I do about Joe Ryan when I see that they're lined up to pitch. If you look at the probables for a game, how do you feel when you see that Twins pitcher on the card? I feel with Joe Ryan, okay, let's see, you know, Joe's solid. Let's see, well, let's see what Joe does. Same with Bailey Ober. Okay, Bailey's solid. You know, when you see Bundy or Archer, you get that pit in your stomach immediately. You're like, oh, it's going to be a bullpen game. Or, oh, I hope Bundy's spotting up perfectly. When you see Sonny Gray, you feel pretty good because he's he's good. 
when you see Joe and when you see Bailey, I feel the same way about those two. I think they're both solid mid-rotation starters. And that leads to my point here. The Twins, and I've, I've said this over and over, they should have a strong stable of mid-rotation to back-of-the-rotation starters next year. There is almost no reason to sign Dylan Bundy or Chris Archer or anybody of that type to be in the rotation in 2023. For the first time in a while, they don't have a clear hole in the rotation. I, I'm going to preface that by saying, it's, I still don't think the rotation is a strength. I think the depth of the rotation can be a strength when you have Mally, hopefully, hopefully Mally, Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, Bailey Ober, Kenta Maeda's coming back. You got Louis Varlin as an option. You got Josh Weiner as an option. Simeon Woods Richardson. Jordan Balazovic has been great over his last handful of starts. You feel like there's going to be more depth there where you don't have to go sign a Dylan Bundy for $4 million because you know what happens? You sign him for depth. He's on a major league contract. He's going to play. He's going to pitch. And what ends up happening is the Twins hold those guys for way too long into the season. Shoemaker, Hap, Bundy, Archer, they they don't cut those guys. They they refuse to move on. And I think, you know, they traded Jay Hap at the deadline, but the season was well over. It had been over for months. They need to be – I think they just need to avoid – any of those deals, like just avoid that because you should be relying on your young guys. Now you should be relying on some of these young starters in the back of the rotation to come into this year, relying on your young starters to be your number two and three starter and Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober. That wasn't wise, but you can, you can rely on those guys to be back of the rotation starters. I Joe Ryan's shown you he's a, he's a mid to back of the rotation starter. He's solid. Bailey Ober went healthy has shown you he's a mid to back of the rotation starter. You're worried about his health. You're concerned about Maeda's health. You're concerned about Mally's health. None of that's going away. None of that, none of those health concerns are going away. But I don't think that's a reason to sign another Dylan Bundy or another Chris Archer or another pitcher who is at the end of the day replacement level, who's not going to help you, who has no upside. And that's I I, you know, to Bundy and Archer, they've had their, they had some good starts this year, but I'm ready for this rotation. I'm ready to feel good about all five or six guys in this rotation. I think they're going to be in a spot where they can do that if, if, if they go out and get a true number one starter. How many years we've been saying that? Got to go out and get a true number one starter. Because if you go out and get a Carlos Rodon or go trade for a number one starter or sign somebody you think has has upside and they they reach that upside as a number one starter, the rotation looks really good. Then you have, let's just say, in theory, it's Carlos Rodon, who they pursued last offseason. They pre- pursued again at the trade deadline. If they were able to secure Carlos Rodon, who's leading all starting pitchers and wins above replacement this year at Fangraphs, he's been, by definition, one of the best pitchers. Probably the best. He's probably going to win the National League Cy Young. I mean, I think there's a there's a strong possibility. Carlos Rodon, I'm sure I'm uh, Sandy Alcantara. Of course, I'm missing Sandy. He's probably going to win it. But Carlos will be, I think, top three to five. At, at a minimum in the National League Cy Young voting. If you went and got Rodon, just in theory, we know the Twins are interested in him, and you had Rodon, Gray, Malley, Ryan, Ober, Maeda for depth, you have Varlin for depth, you have Winder and Woods Richardson for depth, you have guys who can fill in when somebody misses and you feel pretty decent about them. You know, and that, that would be different. But we've said that for years, and they just have they've not stayed healthy. They haven't stayed healthy. And I think there's been this conversation about the injuries and how much you can chalk up to injuries this year. 
I'm going to tell you why injuries aren't the only answer to this. It's not the only answer for why the Twins failed this year and why they're not going to make the playoffs. It's much, much more nuanced than that. Let's get to that after this word from Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, the MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online is where the game starts again. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, anything you're looking for. Plus, the playoffs are coming up for baseball as well. You're going to want to check all of those things out at BetOnline.net. Why are injuries not the only answer? Why is this more of a nuanced conversation? The Twins had an over-under total right around 500, 81 and a half, 82 and a half, depending where you, where you looked, you know, where you looked. There's a reason for that. This was an incomplete roster. I said it all season long. This was an incomplete roster. That's been the case since opening day. Nobody's saying it's not the case. I mean, if you're saying it's not the case, I think you're wrong because this was a clearly an incomplete roster. They didn't fill all the holes they needed to fill. Some of that got wiped over by the Correa signing. I included was very excited about the Correa signing, this team was always going to need good fortune. This wasn't a team on paper projected to win 90 games. They were always going to need good things to happen. They were going to need good health luck. They were going to need some breakouts from their their young position players. They were going to need their young starters more than anything because I said that the absolute storyline for this season is the progression of their young starting pitchers. They didn't get that. They didn't get that. They didn't get the health fortune. They didn't get the development of their young starters for health or for other reasons. They didn't get those breakouts from their young position players other than Jose Miranda. They had some. They didn't have enough. They didn't get enough of that. And the the injuries, the sheer number of injuries was jarring, just how many different guys got hurt. But I think the, the biggest thing for me with the injury argument is the extreme nature of them. Losing Kirilov for the basically the entire season. Losing Royce Lewis for basically the entire season. You know, Buxton's been out for a long time. You you foresee that happening. You know, you you assume at some point he's going to miss an extended period of time. Bailey Ober being out essentially all year. Trevor Larnick missing months. You know, Ryan Jeffers missing over a month. Joe Ryan misses a month with COVID. The length of these injuries, that's that's the most damning thing for me. The sheer number, yes. Like the, the whatever you want to look at. Guys on the injured list, it's whatever. You know, there's guys you expected to be there. There's guys who you didn't think were going to impact the team very much. But like Alcala, Kirilov, Lewis, Larnick, to lose all those guys for months or for the entire season, that that takes a hit. That, no question, takes a hit. You, you take a hit when that happens because those are the guys they needed. They Those are the guys they needed to break out this year, and, and they got hurt. And then you can flip that on its head and say, well, they shouldn't have been relying on Bailey Ober as much as they were. They shouldn't have been relying on Joe Ryan to be a frontline starter this year. They shouldn't have been relying on Alex Kirloff when he hasn't been able to stay healthy since 2018. They shouldn't have relied on Byron Buxton. They shouldn't have relied on guys who did get hurt who have injury histories. Tyler Malley, Chris Paddock, 
Maybe they shouldn't have relied on guys like that. Why are there so many injuries? It's a couple of things. One, it's just bad luck. I mean, that there's no question. Guys getting hurt, a lot of times, it's bad luck. Second, they invest in guys who have injury histories. A lot of baseball players have injury histories. Uh, the Twins certainly don't see that as something that's a deal breaker in free agency, in trades, in extensions. They don't see that as a deal breaker. They actually see that as a way to get a better deal. And sometimes it works. Like if they would have signed Carlos Rodon for the deal that the Giants signed him for, which was a very team-friendly deal, the reason Carlos Rodon signed that contract is because he has an extensive injury history. The Twins were very interested in Carlos Rodon because they could get him at a discount with his injury history. It worked out wonderfully for the Giants. With Tyler Malley, they got him at a lesser cost, probably because of his shoulder. It didn't work out this year for Tyler Malley. You know, Chris Paddock with his elbow, they got him at a lower cost in trade because of his elbow. I'm sure that was part of the equation. It's not everything, but it's part of the equation. And I, I don't think that this front office places much emphasis on injury histories. Like, I just don't think they do. And they, I think they deserve to be criticized for that if these things continue to happen with players they acquire. But it's also a lot of bad luck mixed into that. You know, there's a lot of bad luck mixed into that. And like the, what it boils down to is their, their top two prospects who are global top 20, if not top 10 prospects together in Royce Lewis and Alex Kirilov have not been healthy for years, like consistently healthy for years. Alex Kirilov hurt his wrist in 2019 and it's, he's had wrist problems ever since. Like, Royce Lewis tears his ACL twice. If your top prospects are out for entire seasons, guys you you are, are going to rely on in the future, you kind of throw your hands up at that point. That's part of it. And, and it's a nuanced discussion. It's a lot more complicated than, well, they continue to just acquire injured pitchers. I do think that there's a market inefficiency with guys who have even a little bit of an injury track record because the Twins, we know, historically aren't going to pay top dollar for the free agent starting pitchers. And that leads me to the status of this front office. This is year six and they've had some great years. 2019 was, was an exceptional season. I would not be sitting here doing this for the 750 something episode. If 2019 didn't happen, that was a really special year. 2020 was a solid season. No playoff wins, you know, 2017 in their first year, they make the wild card game. They don't win it. For, for all the good things that have happened, there is a, oh, but they didn't win in the playoffs. They haven't ended that postseason losing streak. And this is once again, a critical offseason for this front office. It's a critical offseason. So when I said that they don't historically in this front office, especially is not going to sign, you know, the best of the best starting pitchers. They don't invest in pitching like that. They just don't. The reason I have seen that hopefully start to shift is they did pay a price for Tyler Malley. You know, Spencer Steer is a top 100 prospect. Christian Encarnacion Strand is a borderline top 100 prospect in my mind and, and may even crack some lists this winter. He's been that good. Positionless, essentially, but he's been that good. And they they gave up a lot. You know, they gave up a lot for Tyler Malley. They gave up one of their best pitch, left-handed pitching prospects, Cade Povich, for Jorge Lopez. They And that's something they I don't think that they usually would do. Like, Jorge Lopez one good half season as a reliever and they said okay he's got two and a half years they really invested in him they really invested in a reliever for the first time since addison reed with the jorge lopez trade they really did trading for tyler malley i think was a change in some ways it fit in what they usually do 
Like trading for Maeda was very similar to that. They thought he thought he could break out and then get more out of Kenta Maeda, and they did in the shortened season. But then he blew out his elbow. Malley, I think they saw more under the hood, and I did too. He was my number one trade target for the Twins, Tyler Malley. And you look at Frankie Montas, he's got shoulder problems. You know, he's got a six-something ERA for the Yankees. It's not always the alternative isn't always the best thing. Luis Castillo, they didn't have the prospect capital for Luis Castillo. They they look like they might be changing their really stringent philosophy just a little bit, and I hope that's true. And here are some things I would like to see change in the process. If the process isn't working, it's okay to change. And I think at the deadline, I give them credit, they were starting to change. Because I think if you would have looked back, they never would have invested in Jorge Lopez, a guy who has one half season as a good reliever for two and a half years invested in him for one of their best pitching prospects. That's not something I think you would have seen them do before. So they might be adjusting that philosophy a little bit. This is a critical offseason. They need to get a front of the rotation arm. More than ever, more than ever, they need that. And they've just refused to pay in free agency, either pay or secure. You know, it's it's unfair for me to say because they might have offered, you know, for Zach Wheeler. I know they wanted Zach Wheeler and they offered Zach Wheeler a lot of money. He wanted to be out east. For Carlos Rodon, there's been rumblings maybe that he doesn't want to be in Minnesota. I don't know. There's definitely cases where these guys aren't going to sign with the twins, no matter what they offer, unless it's, you know, $500 million or something crazy, just logistically geographically that where it's not going to happen. But I do think there's been times like last off season, Robbie Ray, Kevin Gaussman, you know, Marcus Stroman, all these guys who, you know, a handful of them have not had good seasons. Eduardo Rodriguez disaster year, you know, and has had personal problems. Robbie Ray. I was looking at the Fangraphs leaderboard for wins above replacement. He's down there with Joe Ryan. Like, it hasn't been a great season for Robbie Ray either. Kevin Gaussman's been awesome. He would have been a great ad, I think, for the Twins. They they didn't – it didn't even feel like they were in any – they weren't even sniffing that. That That's what it felt like. There were barely any rumblings about any of those guys with the Twins, and they do work in silence, so it's possible they were going after those guys, and it just didn't happen. But changing the process, you got to change this process. Find a way – to, to take that risk in free agency with a top-line top starting pitcher or in a trade, they just haven't invested like that before, and I would love to see that. And then there's other questions, too. Why are they so bad on the bases? Why are they so slow? Why, why are there so many outs at home? I would like to see them try to get faster and get more athletic. This team was, was not athletic enough. Even with Byron Buxton and an injured Byron Buxton for most of the season, they need. They have too many plotters on the bases. I was looking at a stat today. They have the lowest stolen bases in the league by like 10. And now with the bigger bases, like I think it's going to benefit teams to steal more. I would like to see them try to find a way to get more athletic. Like is that adding Xander Bogarts? Is that trying to find a way to like get a Trey Turner in free agent? Like just try to find a way to get more athletic. I would love to see that from the Twins. And maybe it's like a healthy Royce Lewis and – and Barnett coming back and, and AK and those guys. But that's that's another problem. Like this team wasn't very good on the bases this year. They're one of the worst base running teams in baseball. And I think a big part of that is that they're so slow. Like this is just such a slow team. I would like to see them add some more speed. But again, that's not something they have valued. That's not something that they've placed an emphasis on, I don't think. In free agency trades, extensions, whatever you look at, it's not um, it's not a priority for them. The short starts, obviously such a point of contention this year. 
the the reason there's so many short starts is yes, it's philosophy, but it's also the personnel. And I, I've tried to make that point. Don't sign pitchers who you don't trust past five innings. If you go out and get Rodon, who goes six or seven in almost every start he makes, you have Gray, Malley, Rodon at the top of your rotation. All three of those guys, you should expect six innings out of those three. Joe Ryan can go deep. Bailey Ober can go deep if he's healthy. There's really no question marks there anymore of who can go deep. Instead, it was we got Sonny Gray, who we know can go deep. Joe Ryan in his rookie season. Bailey Ober was hurt all year. We got Dylan Bundy, who I wouldn't trust any any time, but certainly not a third time through the order. Chris Archer, who didn't go past five innings the entire season and usually ran out of gas before the fifth inning. That that's that rotation is not good enough to trust past the fifth inning. Don't sign pitchers. Don't acquire pitchers. You do not trust past the fifth inning. It's just too much strain on a bullpen. And that's my last point here. More investment in that bullpen. More investment. I love the Lopez deal. I loved it. I'm not going to say in hindsight, oh, that was a bet. Like, why would they do? I said at the time I loved it. I'm, I'm sticking to that. I love the Jorge Lopez deal. Thought it made a ton of sense for this team to add him at this time. And now they have him for two more seasons. I would like to see more investment. Even if you miss on, if you whiff on Lopez, if Lopez ends up being a complete whiff and he's not even in your bullpen, that shouldn't deter you. Like, I would love to see more investment. I'm not saying go spend 80 million in free agency on a, on bullpen arms, but one or one like high end, very good reliever, one more of those guys would make this bullpen, I think, pretty special next year. And they should be willing to do that. So that solves a lot of problems to me. Like, don't sign pitchers who don't go deep into games or you don't trust deep into games and invest more in the bullpen. That should fix a lot of things. Like that should be less pressure on the bullpen. It's easier said than done. It should be less pressure on the bullpen. You have a better rotation. If you can go out and get a Rodon or get somebody who can front your rotation and then the investment in the bullpen, hopefully less blowups, you know, with good health and Jorge Alcala should be back next year. Hopefully they need to be healthier but I think they need to also find a way to change the process this winter and invest in areas they've refused to invest in um, in seasons before. And it's it's hurt them massively in those seasons. Let me know what you think in the comments. I'm I'm if you can't tell, I love evaluation and we'll be doing grades on every single player, every single position group this offseason is one of my favorite things to do. Uh, but we still have some games to play and I will be back with post games. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every single day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And I'll make your second listen. The Lockdown MLB Podcast, MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Lockdown MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts on. The Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Skull Vikes Monday night. And as always, go Twins.